Time to step to the mic yet again. Chris Miles here with my partner in basketball and all sports, Monica McNutt. We have another very esteemed guest on the show today, head coach of the University of Maryland women's basketball team, Brenda Freeze. And whenever we have anyone on the show, we like to shout out your credentials. So here we go. Uh, Four-time conference coach of the year in the ACC and Big Ten national champion, also national coach of the year in 2002. And this season was another one that was lining up to be great for you. I mean, your last loss, I believe, was on January 9th. So you went two straight months with, without any losses. And you're heading to the NCAA tournament. And COVID-19 happens. And March Madness and the NCAA tournament gets canceled. So take us through that moment for you and your players. You're having a great season, ranked in the top five across the board. And this happens. What did you tell uh, your players and how did you handle that situation? Uh, well, first of all, thank you, Chris and Monica. Thank you for, for having me on. Um, obviously, uh, you know, I mean, it, you just spoke to it of, uh, you know, when you're on this kind of tremendous high, uh, right? I mean, uh, I didn't realize it was since January 9th, but, uh, you know, we had, we had won 17 games uh, in a row. You know, we had just beat uh, every team in the Big Ten tournament convincingly. Um, projected as a number one seed and then um, you know and and then the, the closure of, of the NCAA tournament um, I guess the thing I'm probably uh, most grateful for is the fact that we were all together uh, you you look at the fact like a lot of head coaches uh, their teams were uh, you know maybe on some type of break and they had to call or text uh, their players um, but you could kind of feel this building up. I mean, you saw, you know, with the men's tournament being canceled, uh, you could kind of feel uh, the direction it was going. So, you know, just the window and the opportunity to have our team and staff and support staff all together uh, to be able to kind of close uh, once we found out the news was um, something I'm very appreciative to, to be able to have had that moment. You guys are fortunate. Only a few teams got to do this in their season on a win. But how do you then move forward, Coach? Because, I mean, hopefully we're still preparing for an upcoming season. You've got recruiting classes to solidify, so on and so forth. So how are you moving forward now? Yeah, I mean, well, one, I thought that with the closure piece is, uh, you know, your heart goes out to your seniors, you know, that, that they'll never get um, to, to know what, what if, right, uh, especially the way we were playing. So I left that message for them is, you know, they got to end with a win uh, with confetti falling down uh, from the sky on their face. Um, but, you know, I think for us at that time, uh, we weren't really, you know, sure of the depths and how serious and, you know, that we would be now into um, our eighth week, you know, uh, you know, being at home and, and uh, making, you know, the movement. So now it's just adapting. I mean, you know, weekly Zoom calls with your team uh, and just preparing to, you know, be um, doing whatever you can, uh, you know, in your situation to be prepared whenever we get that call and, and that ability to be able to come back to campus. Um, but so many question marks, I, I think, you know, the biggest thing it teaches us right now is um, one, to be present and, and two, you have to be able to, to be able to adapt. You know, a slogan in our program is always be comfortable being uncomfortable. And my goodness, if we're not living that right now, um, I don't know what we're doing. So, you know, I, I think for us is like, okay, this is, um, I heard someone say it the other day, this is our new abnormal. 
Mm. Um, so now you have to figure out what that looks like and, and, and how you can make the best of it. Man, a new abnormal is absolutely right, Coach. Um, but I did want to touch on this. If, if you had to find it, because, I mean, this is, this is so unique for all of us, and then for you, particularly in a position of leadership responsible for these girls, if you had to find it, has there been any sort of silver lining or anything that you've been impressed with by your players through this process? Are, uh, I mean, are you kidding me? I, I can always find the, the positive. I mean, you know, I'm coming from, again, a son at two and a half years old that was, uh, I was told was diagnosed with cancer. Um, so after you have a situation like that, 100%. And, you know, for me right now, it's this gift of time, um, you know, with the amount of hours that we put in, uh, the fact now that I get to spend 24 seven, like I always wondered what it would be like to be a stay at home mom. Um, and now I'm working two jobs between, you know, the homeschooling and, um, and my own job with recruiting and, you know, uh, from the home front. But um, I'm, I'm loving the gift of time with my family. I, I think that's the biggest thing. Um, I don't know if they are because of the life skills and, uh, you know, now everything they can do and, you know, uh, you know, that they've been taught. Uh, but I mean, we definitely, we, we, we've had so many more moments than we normally typically get at this point in time. A big moment, the WNBA draft, virtual viewership up numbers that we've never seen. You, one of yours, Kyla Charles, who I just adore, gets her <laughs> name called and is joining the Connecticut Sun. Where was she? I don't know if she was with you. I mean, by now we've all had to kind of separate, but what was that night for you? I mean, you've got plenty of pros, but yet another one. Yeah, I mean, another proud moment in Maryland history, uh, for sure. And I can't say enough about, I mean, Kyla and her family uh, and what they mean to, to our program. And, you know, it was, I mean, we were on a virtual Zoom, all of our uh, team and support staff and coaches and um, just watching the draft unfold that night. I'm so happy for her to be able to go to the Connecticut Sun. Uh, you know, I, I just think, um, you know, the philosophy there with Kurt Miller and uh, the Maryland players with Alyssa and Bree uh, being there to support her. I think it's a perfect fit uh, for Kyla. Uh, and want a dream come true. You know, all the hard work, uh, the sacrifices, the time that Kyla has put into her game uh, has prepared her for this moment. And I know she's going to be ready to, to do big things in the league. Well, you say the time that she's put into her game is in one player, but I think by count now I have nine current Maryland alum in the WNBA, and I might be selling a few short by, you know, just the, the ones I know on rosters now, but also when I think of the epitome of Maryland basketball, I also think of Christy Tolliver and her transition into becoming a coach and making big shots and big games and now coaching in the, in the men's game as well while she's still playing. Uh, just take me through the list of, of players you're proud of, but particularly Christy, who's someone I've come across for a few years now. She seems to carry a bit of your presence with her. Yeah, well, I think the thing that I'm most proud of when I listen to, um, you know, Deb WNBA coaches and general managers and um, as our players transition even overseas is that Maryland players are prepared. And that is a huge piece uh, in our program. It's the player development, um, not only from a basketball end and, and that you grow in the four years that you're here, but also as a person. Um, you're going you're gonna to be coached hard. You know, the details are going to matter because at some point when, when you graduate, it's all on your own. 
um, and you have to be prepared. And I think when you talk about those players, I mean, gosh, we had over five players in the WNBA finals last year between the Mystics and the Sun um, to, to be able to watch that unfold. And you spoke of Christy Tolliver. I mean, um, you know, not only did she make the biggest shot uh, in NCAA women's basketball history uh, to allow us to, to win that national championship, but um, you know, now you look at her growth. I mean, I, you've always could see she was going to be a coach. I mean, that leader, that floor general on the floor, what she was able to do with the Mystics. Now she'll be with the Spark. Uh, you know, now, you know, coaching with the Wizards. I mean, she's just been able to bring so many things to this game. Uh, we, we love what your players have gone on to do in the WNBA coach. And you talk about what your program brings. But this day and age, the transfer portal coach, like it has just kind of changed the game for you. I actually saw LaChina Robinson, who's someone that we all respect um, as a women's analyst. She talked about recruiting classes are one thing, but now the task is getting players to stay. How much has the transfer portal sort of changed the game in women's college basketball? Um, it completely has. And I think if you ask anyone on the women's and the men's side, uh, you know, it, it's changed and it's not going away. I mean, we have over 550 transfers in our portal right now. Uh, the men are somewhere over 700. And uh, that's not even counting if they go to the one-time transfer, uh, you know, that vote is coming up in May. So um, if anything, it's not going back to, to what it once was, uh, which I think is disappointing. I don't know if you're going to see as many players that, that stick and um, do what a Kyla Charles did or our 06 national championship team, Christy Tolliver, stand for, for four years. Um, but I, I think you have to be able to adapt. I mean, just like we did when we uh, left the ACC to go to the Big Ten Conference, uh, you have to be able to adapt to make changes. And I think as we've moved into that conference, um, last time I checked, we've adapted pretty well. Um, so it's no different. Uh, you know, we, we you know, have signed two transfers ourselves coming into Maryland, um, two that are excited to be here, that love to play in front of big crowds and love to win. And I think um, for us, as we've watched transfers, unfortunately, we're sad to see them leave. Um, but the ones that have stayed and the ones that have come in are always um, the right fit. And, and there's a reason why they're here. Sticking with the theme of adapting to our current situation, obviously you've had great recruiting class after great recruiting class, but going forward, how do you shift in this time period and trying to recruit the next great class? Like how are things different if you're not able to have that one-on-one -on -one contact in person? Um, you know, I mean, you have to get creative. I mean, I, I can't tell you how many um, Zoom PowerPoint presentation calls I've done in, in the last uh, seven weeks. Uh, it's been a lot uh, by our staff, a lot of FaceTime uh, calls. I mean, you know, you know that face-to-face that -face interaction that you can get on the phone. And um, again, you, you can't be there in person. So, you know, just being able to use technology um, and be ahead. You know, I feel for, for those that, that aren't tech savvy um, because you're going to be left behind right now if, if you're not able to, um, you know, even adapted to the TikToks with my son. You know, uh, he loves the TikTok world. Um, and so he's got me doing TikToks, which I never in my wildest dreams thought I would ever do in my lifetime. Um, but, you know, uh, you got the gift of time and uh, you're making some special memories with your son. So uh, it's pretty cool. That is gold, Coach. You got to send us some of those so we can work them in. <laughs> but you know what? I want to, again, and I just love this theme of adapting because 
I have this conversation with my teammates who are now on the coaching side and so on and so forth. And I'm sure you've heard it, the narrative that the athlete has changed. And it probably has, or they probably have to some degree, but you're still tasked with winning and leading this group of young women. So as you've adapted, what ways are you most proud of what your program has been able to do? You know, I, again, I would say the consistency, you know, the, the fact that, um, you know, every player that has come through in their four years has uh, been able to win a, a championship, you know, and, and, you know, regular season tournament. Um, we, we win at a really, really high rate and we do it the right way. And I think, you know, in my 18 years here at Maryland, um, like you spoke of earlier with the pros, we've consistently been able to show that we do things the right way. Um, that you're going to come out of it better because of it. Um, you're going to be loved. You're going to be coached hard. You're going to be pushed. Um, but at the end of the day, uh, by the time you graduate from here, uh, you're going to be, be prepared for, for the next step. Um, and, and that's really what, you know, it's all about is being prepared uh, for that next step in your journey. Coach, the number you're looking for, 15 NCAA appearances in your 19 years there. And I believe one of those years off was, I think, your first year at Maryland, if I'm not mistaken. So I think that's kind of the number that circles uh, exactly what you're saying. So one of the things that I noticed in trying to, to keep tabs on some of the highly touted recruits is that I often see, oh, offered by University of Maryland, and maybe it's the eighth or the ninth grade, or in one case, reportedly uh, sixth grade. <laughs> so, so explain to me um, your approach with that and offering the, these athletes at a young age, because the first thing I think about is, well, is she afraid? Is she not afraid that they won't develop fully, or is it something that you see in these particular players that they're just special? Yeah, I mean, you can tell, you know, the it factor. Um, it's specifically that sixth grader. I don't think I was wrong there. <laughs> um, you know, I mean, you know, those, those kind of jump out out at you. Um, we're not just throwing offers out to anybody and everybody, um, but we do, um, you know, we do our homework early, you know, we're ahead in our classes. I think when you have that luxury of being at a program for 18 years, I mean, you, you have um, your recruiting base that, that goes down to, to those young ages. And, and so you're able to see them with, with a lot of evaluations. Um, so, you know, I love to recruit, uh, you know, I'm disappointed because we don't know if we're going to get out this year uh, to, to be able to see those recruits, uh, move, you know, moving forward in, in this uh, offseason. But, um, you know, then again, you have to be creative, watch a lot more film and, and uh, be prepared for, for what lies ahead. Uh, Coach, I want to ask you uh, about a couple changes that came down this week. The women are switching from the RPI to the net ranking. Any thoughts on that one? You know, I mean, I, I watched it uh, with the men. You know, I thought it was, uh, you know, a, a really good assessment, you know, in, in the men's game. I know uh, there's conversations within our conference. We're, we're going to uh, meet next week on a Zoom call to, to kind of really understand the ins and the outs. So I think it's important to be prepared for when you're scheduling um, what that's going to look like moving forward. Uh, but all indications, you know, they were able to study it for the last two years on the men's side. Um, so I, I think, you know, I value the fact that I think our sport takes its time uh, to make sure it's the right move, even like moving the, the three point line back to, to the men's side um, that we just don't kind of knee jerk and, and make the reaction. We kind of study it. So, you know, I, I am excited about what lies ahead. 
All right, and then last, Coach, we are so appreciative of your time, but we got to get this one in because you may know that this podcast is DMV-focused and DMV-centric, and your program is well-established right here in the Mecca. What is it about this area and your 18 years of recruiting? It's so crazy to hear you say that because I still feel like I remember when you got to Maryland. Um, what is it about this area that seems to produce such a high-quality caliber athlete? Oh, I mean, I think the first, there's just, like you're saying, there's so many hoopers, right? And uh, they just all seem to... I mean, even when I look at current and I look at the past is like, um, they all want to be out there playing, you know, they all want to be in the gym and, um, you know, the, the leagues out here, uh, when, when you talk about, uh, you know, that these, these girls get to play in, um, very, very highly competitive, um, you know, uh, schools that, that they're playing for. Um, but just an, an extreme amount of talent, like you're talking about that have gone on and transitioned to college. Um, and had some pretty uh, special careers. Well, whatever the secret is in the sauce, it's working. And I hope that next season you have the same amount of success that you had um, this past season and even more, and that we have a successful NCAA tournament and much success to you in the future. Thank you for stepping to the mic. Brenda Freeze. Thank you so much.